Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Chris Paulette. I'm an editor here at How Stuff Works, and sitting next to me, as always, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Hey there. <laughs> that was just for you, Chris. Thanks. You're welcome. I appreciate that. You, you sure? Uh, you sure that's you and not somebody else? I'm pretty sure it's me this time. Uh-huh. Uh, the, you look like you, but I can't tell. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to talk today about kind of an insidious problem that's on the internet. Although it didn't officially, you know, start on the internet, it's actually older than the internet is. But we're talking about phishing scams, and that's phishing with a ph. Yeah, that's true. Um, the uh, these these are social engineering scams. They're they're uh, little ploys designed to trick you into giving away your personal information. Yeah, and, and the uh, bait that they use, which is part of why it's called phishing, mm-hmm. is uh, it usually Worms? plays well, no, it usually plays upon your baser uh, personality traits. Let's say, like greed, that's a big one. In fact, that's probably the main one. But other ones like vanity also play a part in, in certain uh, phishing scams. So let's uh, let's talk about uh, a couple. I wanted to talk about probably the best known scam. Uh, especially when it comes to email scams, which is the Nigerian email scam or the 419 scam. Well, you know, I uh, I was actually contacted by somebody in Nigeria. And, Were you? Um, yeah. And they said if I just gave them some personal information, they would uh, they, they would, would send you know, you wire tons, me tons millions of, of dollars. Yeah, that's that's the basis for this scam. Now, the original scam was not a phishing scam. Originally, it was it was just so that you would send them money. So you would wire this person money directly. Um, but they would not have access to your personal information, just your money. So, hey, there's a bright side, right? <laughs> uh, but they, they have kind of evolved since then. And often you will find these, these, um, emails, uh, uh they're called Nigerian scams because a lot of them do seem to, uh, originate from Nigeria. Um, not all of them. They could be from anywhere. It's just, that's the name they've been given. And, the claim is that there is an enormous sum of money that they're trying to get – this person is trying to get out of whatever country they're in. And they want to use you as an accomplice to hold on to this money and you get to keep a portion of that money as uh, as part of the deal. And as the deal goes on, things start to mess up and the person says, ooh, you know, um, I've got to bribe this this official. Uh, I'm going to need $1,000 from you so that I can bribe this person and then we'll be able to get you the millions and millions of dollars. And with that promise of millions of dollars, lots of people are willing to part with substantial sums of money thinking they're going to get practically something for nothing. And there are people who have lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in these scams. That's true. Um and uh, it's it's kind of impressive the list of people who have gotten caught by these scams, yeah. including a Harvard professor a few years yeah. ago who was yeah. uh, ensnared by one of these these ploys. Um, they actually found out he had been uh, embezzling a little bit himself, and <laughs> well, he lost it all when he sent it to Nigeria. Right? Yeah. This it's it's uh, one of those things that just um, it's <laughs> it's just evil evil scheme that that has taken lots of money from people who were a little naive and a little greedy and way too trusting. So lesson one, don't trust everything you see on the Internet. Um, that's that's probably the best thing to keep in mind. 
while we're talking about all these phishing schemes. Yeah, like the uh, the old saying goes, if it seems too good to be true, it, it probably, probably is. is. Yeah, definitely. But um, I always one of the, one of the sort of asides for this part of the uh, our discussion is um, the people that have started counter scamming the scammers, yes. which just tickles me no end. They're they're you can. Do a quick search on the internet and you can find people who are, uh, they, they respond to these scammers and they'll say, well, sure, you know, I'm, I'm happy to help you out, but first I need this from you. And they'll make them do these elaborate things. I saw somebody who, uh, made them carve a Commodore 64 out of wood. Right. And nice. send it to them. And they showed pictures of it and it was amazing. <laughs> right. Know? So the, the people on the other end of the scam can sometimes be just as naive as the people they're trying to to uh, lure into the trap. And to get back into the phishing thing, the Nigerian scam, the way it's evolved is is instead of asking for money, they'll ask for things like your social security number or your bank account number. And then once they have that information, that's when you're really in trouble, because not only will they siphon out all the money in your account, but they might also make you a, a victim of identity theft. Um, that's the, that's the main goal for probably most of the phishing schemes online, I would say, is a, is some form of identity theft, usually some sort of credit card fraud or, um, or just outright theft of whatever's in your bank account. I use a, um, I use a webmail, uh, a pretty standard, well-known webmail service for my main email account. If you look in the spam folder, it's pretty obvious that, that these things are scams because I honestly, every time I look in the spam folder and, and it'll be a full folder, you'll see probably about a third of those have similar or the same exact uh, subject headings. Yeah. Um, and they'll all be, you know, please, sir, help me with my problem or, you know, bless you. You have uh, you have the way to help my, you know situation out and you're looking and you're going, okay, obviously there's something going on here. And, you know, bank accounts, they'll say, you know, I'll get letters from banks that I never have had an account with saying, you must update your account information as soon as possible. Otherwise, you know, or PayPal, you know, and I'm going, yeah, no, I know you're not real. The thing is they've gotten really sophisticated. They're getting a lot better about it. Fewer spelling mistakes and things. And including your name. Yeah. And things Um, that uh, might have clued you in before. Right. Yeah. They're fine. They're starting to, starting to close those holes that they were, that were in the, the, their approaches before. Right. Um, you mentioned the bank thing. That's actually a, a very good point. Uh, that's another one that plays on not so much a negative personality trait, but it plays on a person's fear. Yeah. You know, because if you get a message that's from your bank account or your, your bank and it says uh, that there's a problem with your account, obviously you're going to immediately want to try and address this problem. And um, the there's a, a kind of a sister technique to phishing called farming, also with a PH, which uh, spoofs a website. The, the goal here is to create a website that looks identical to a real, um, respectable, le- legitimate website. So a bank, we'll say. That's a good example. Mm-hmm. Um, but the goal is not to let you access your account, but rather to collect usernames and passwords. And uh, it's the same sort of end goal as phishing. It's, it's collecting all this information and then just stealing everything you can possibly steal. Um, these are... These are kind of scary things. I mean, it's really and, – and anyone can fall victim to it. Uh, it's very easy to read one of these emails and, and get emotionally involved and act before you can really think things through. 
Yeah, and there's um there's some ways that you can kind of tell that these these sites are real or not. You should always look when somebody tries to get you to go to one of these sites, take a look at the URL. Yes. Um and that's that's going to be one of the first clues because a lot of the phishing uh emails that you'll see will ask you to click on this link and if you mouse over it, you know, just hold your mouse uh, cursor there and look at the the uh, location for the site. A lot of times you'll see that it doesn't even have the name of the site that you're supposed to go to right in it. So um, that's a pretty good clue right there. Yeah. Or they'll it'll be the name hyphen something else, and you'll go, okay, this seems a little odd. Yeah, you want to see if the website has security. That usually you can tell that by either looking for the little lock icon or the mm-hmm. HTTPS in the URL. Keep in mind that both of those can be faked. True. Um, you can even create a fake website that has a fake URL that looks just like the real one. Um, there's a, a nasty, nasty uh, uh, attack called a donate, uh, domain name server poisoning mm-hmm. where you can um, spoof the whole thing. And, that, and that's probably the, the scariest of all of them because in most of these cases, uh, a, a good point of advice is instead of clicking on a link to take you to whichever site you need to go to, like let's say Amazon or PayPal, um, you type the address in instead. And that way you don't have to worry about a link redirecting you to another site. However, with the DNS poisoning, it is possible to fool computers so that even if you were to type the address in, you will go to the farming site instead of the real site. Um, not very widespread, but it is possible. This is one of those major, major uh, uh, security leaks that came out over the, two, the year 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, and fortunately, right now, it hasn't become a major problem. It's just uh, the potential for disaster. Right. So, um, yeah, the, the fishing and farming, these are, these are things that you definitely need to look out for. There's some other general rules. If you ever get a message from your browser saying that the certificate it's asking for does not match the URL, that is a huge warning. That you should never agree to accept a certificate if it gives you that message. That's a pretty good indication that you are you're in a farm farmed site. That's true, and you can it will usually tell you specifically what that URL is. And if you look at that in that pop up window that you'll get, you're going to see that the URL doesn't necessarily match. And in some cases, it will make sense to you. Um, you know, there are some legitimate cases where it might be a little different, right? Um, but you should be able to look at that and puzzle it out for yourself and go, that, I, you know, does not make sense to me that this would go to this URL. I don't think this is safe. Right. And there are some browser, uh, you know, the newer browsers have some phishing, anti-phishing technology built into them. Yes. Yeah, that's true. And we should also go ahead and, and move on to, we were going to talk about some social networking sites recently that have had some issues with uh, with phishing attacks. Um, now these are a little different. Uh, and it's a, it's a step further away from any money. You know, you're not, you're not logging, you're not giving someone the information to your bank. However, if someone fishes your information from a social networking site, they may end up getting a password that works for other websites. If you're the kind of person who creates the one password and uses that for everything, if you get tricked once, that means your information is is uh, vulnerable everywhere you go. Um, so that's one of good reason to make sure you use different passwords for different websites, which is a pain. I know it's a pain, especially if you have a lot of websites you go to. But it's really important to do if you want to remain safe online. 
That's true, and there are some um, pretty sophisticated um, password storage sites that are available now. Yeah. Um, and uh, some of them will help you manage your your logins. They'll plug in. They'll offer a plug-in for things like Firefox, browsers like Firefox. You can plug it in, and it will, when you go to a site, it will allow you to store um, passwords, and some of them will even allow you to generate uh, new passwords. So it'll be, you know, you, you can generate something with lots of different uh, upper and lowercase characters and numeric right. things exactly. and, and, and basically help you to come up with something really tricky. Um, and you won't necessarily have to remember it because the uh, the plugin has it stored for you. Right. And uh, going back to the social, the social media stuff, um, mm-hmm. Facebook and Twitter both have had some uh, problems with phishing attacks recently. And recently, I mean the end of 2008 and beginning of 2009. Um, Facebook, uh, actually one of my friends on Facebook was victim to this. Uh, he, he was suddenly sending out all these messages to people saying, hey, you know, you look really funny in this video. I can't believe you did this, blah, blah, blah. And then there's a link. And the link takes you to a site that looks like a video site and it tells you, hey, you know what? You need this plugin in order to play the video. Click here. And if you were to click there, you would immediately download some malware onto your computer. Uh-huh. And so, uh, in this case, it's not necessarily to steal your information, but, uh, to, it was a malware delivery system, which uh, could, Theoretically, also helps steal your information. It could be a key logger. It could be a Trojan. Um, it's all sorts of things, nasty things that could happen to you by following these links. So we did let him know that his uh, account was compromised and um, he ran some software and he changed his passwords and things seem to be okay with his account now. But I've seen it happen two or three other times with other people. Yeah, and the, the pernicious thing is, um, on Facebook, if you haven't used Facebook before, if you're posting something to somebody else's what they call the wall, right? Um, you have to be a friend of that person exactly. in order to do that. So there's already that that aura of trust going on. You say, well, this must be legitimate, you know. And and even though there may be spelling errors or the grammar they use may not be the same way that this person would normally write to you, you might say, well. You know, obviously it's not somebody else because they're writing on my wall. So it must be legitimate. Well, that's the thing is those people are falling prey to the phishing attack and then other people fall prey to it. And that's social engineering. And so on. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Twitter was very much the same way. Um, A few Twitter accounts were compromised in in a way that as of the recording of this podcast, we're just not sure exactly how the the initial – takeover happened. But after that, direct messages started going between Twitter users. And, and and just like in Facebook, to send a direct message in Twitter, you have to follow the person you're sending the message to and they have to follow you back. It can't just be a one-way street. It has to be you know mutual following. Then you can send a direct message, which is a private message. It doesn't go on the public Twitter uh, um, broadcast. And these private messages said things like, oh, you won't believe what this person said about you in this blog. And, you know, being the kind of vain people we are, we Twitter users, uh, I include myself in that. Um, you mean humans? Yeah. <laughs> but in particular, people who use Facebook and Twitter, uh, there, there's a few studies that suggest that such users have a little bit of a, a narcissistic tendency. Um, well, you feel inclined to click on this. And, of course, that ends up delivering malware to your 
computer. So, um, yeah, these are, we're probably going to see a lot more of these, especially as people, you know, people who think it's funny, uh, like the Twitter stuff. A lot of the things I saw were just people messing with other people's Twitter accounts so that they were making them say ridiculous and, you know, scandalous things and completely untrue things. But they weren't using it to necessarily steal information. They were just making a nuisance of themselves. But we'll probably see more of that, too. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, there were several high profile accounts that were hacked right on the heels of that phishing right. uh, scheme, like uh, President elect Barack Obama. Right. And um, Britney Spears. Britney Spears, Fox yeah. News, Rick Sanchez, Sa- bleh, Rick Sanchez from yes. CNN. Uh, I believe Rick Sanchez claimed, according to his Twitter account, that he had uh, uh, taken some crack in <laughs> early in the morning and was uh, kind of flying high at the time. Yeah. Yep. That was and, uh, uh, not that was yeah. That was a bad one. Yeah. And patently, you know, completely fake. untrue. Yeah. yeah it exactly. was not Rick Sanchez. It was <laughs> whomever had taken over his account. But um yeah, apparently in that case, uh Twitter founder Biz Stone said that there were some tools, administrative tools that had gotten uh hacked into uh, right. that would allow someone to access passwords and there were 33 accounts they haven't divulged at this time at the time of us recording this who all was hacked. But they were all famous People, people with lots and lots that, of followers. Yeah, who would, right. you know, I mean, they were the obvious watch. targets. Yeah. And, um, yeah, this is a, and so don't think that President elect Obama saw, Hey, see what this crazy person said in a blog about you and then clicked on it. Yeah. That's not the case. In this case, he was, he was, uh, targeted specifically by the hackers. This wasn't one of those things where Obama was just like, Huh, I wonder what this blogger did say about me. <laughs> um, so the, just to clear that up. Uh, I want to talk very briefly about what you should do if you are the victim of a phishing attack. Okay. Okay. So there are a few different websites you can report a phishing attack to. One of them uh, is the antiphishing.org website, and you can send an email to reportphishing at antiphishing.org. Um, you can also send an email to the Federal Trade Commission, which is uh, the, the correct email address to send that to would be spam at uce.gov. And you would probably want to file a complaint with the FBI uh, at their Internet Crime Complaint Center, which is at www.ic3.gov. And it's important to let these these organizations know so that they can let everyone else know and investigate. Meanwhile, you should also immediately contact uh, the three big credit uh Bureaus, so Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion, right, and uh, get a hold of your credit report. Take a look at it, see if there's anything strange on there. Report the fraud to them. Um, if you have evidence of fraud, you should use that so that you can get the fraud uh, alert extended over the maximum amount of time. Because standard time for a fraud alert is 90 days, right? And the problem with that is someone could still be using your information after those 90 days, and you'd really be stuck. So if you have proof of fraud. You can get that extended up to, I think, seven years, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, it sounds kind of crazy. But, you know, we're talking about your information that can affect your credit rating, whether or not you can buy a house, whether or not you get a job. I mean, this is important stuff. Yep. Um, and, and also report the crime to local law enforcement. Uh, if it happened, you know, if, if it happened while you were at home, of course, that's, you know, you'd report to that local law enforcement. If you're on vacation, whatever you report to them, um, just to let them know what had happened. Uh, that kind of covers all the bases. You may have to sign some affidavits to make sure that, you know, you're, what you're saying, you're, you will stand up in court and defend and say this is exactly what happened. Yep. But that's a small price to pay considering. 
Yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, this is, as Jonathan said, this is not something that, uh, you want to take lightly. Just use your common sense. Um, avoid clicking on links that, that don't appear to be correct. Um, go directly to the source if you can to, right. uh, to find it. Um, use the latest web browsers to, uh, that incorporate the anti-phishing technology. Um, all these things will help you, uh, help you avoid being sucked in. Right. And uh, it's amazing to me how many of these uh, deep sea analogies we have now that we've talked about trolling and fishing. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's don't uh, be a don't be a prawn. You know what else? Oh, nice. Nice. Also <laughs> piracy. Right. So oh, we've got a whole uh, seafaring thing going. Yeah. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this discussion, don't you? Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> if you want to learn more about some of the things we've talked about, we've got uh, articles on online crime. We have articles on uh, safe web browsing. You can Fishing. Find, uh, fishing. Yes. Both uh, PH and F, I believe. Yes. You can find out all about that at HowStuffWorks.com right now, and we'll talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?